Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Interjections, the Undiscovered Decade, a podcast where we take a look back at the 1990s and try to figure out what, month by month, was a hidden gem, something that might have been forgotten or sort of drifted into the past and isn't really known by today's youth. So uh, this month... Uh, or in yesteryear's youth. Well, that's the thing. With uh, April 1993, we look at a movie where Danny DeVito plays an old-timey kind of Vampirella or Elvira. Uh, Spanguli. Spanguli. Presenting movies on cable, but you know, with a character that's uh, sort of spooky. Uh, this film answers the like question, this... what if your dad was the Crypt Keeper? Exactly, yeah. yeah. I feel like uh, this is definitely of a character. period... Uh, what year do you think this was set? 70s? It was the 70s. 60s? No, I, okay. I thought it was like the 50s. 72. Not 72. There was a, there was a big up. old title that said 72. Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, I kind of missed that. Zoned out. <laughs> zoned out. That's fine. Uh, it's I okay. It was probably because of the pop ups. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I kept turning to Jimmy and asking, uh, when is this happening? Because they definitely all had like 1990s outfits and haircuts and that's okay. Yeah, he had mutton chops, man. Oh, that one guy did, yeah. No, Danny DeVito has mutton chops. Does he? I yeah. thought that was just his hair. It's weird to see Danny DeVito with a lot of hair because we're so used to yeah. him with gray and kind of balding. That's true. You know, but it's not like the last 30 years haven't been kind to him, but there's just an image that we've captured from it's always sunny that that's that's who he is now oh yeah, yeah. So. that's unfortunate that he gets pigeonholed with the it's always sunny thing because he had such a prolific career way before that starting with taxi oh yeah yeah so this is like one of, of the few as, uh... this is one of the few like starring roles he had in the movie where he anchored the movie yeah there's a couple and it was a drama movies. too it wasn't like you know his usual comedic yeah he, he got to do both yeah it, it, uh, I, I I thought it was interesting to see him uh, um, playing a serious role, but then also like pulling out like, you know, what we would typically see from Danny DeVito, but he's like acting that. Yeah. Like, at, like, so you see him doing like real, like real acting, quote unquote, and then you see it like the uh, performance <laughs> that we normally see him in like movies that we're used to seeing him in, like with his like, like, the way he like grunts and groans and acts like a monster or a villain and uh when he entertains the kids on the porch yeah, you you kind of you kind of get it uh you kind of get an image of that uh from the other side of the camera yeah it was he, a had, nice, he definitely had layers it was a nice balance it was a nice vehicle for him because it was like yeah you could the main story was the more dramatic role but that's wrapped into like this one aspect of his character where he plays the goofy television yeah and, and then guy. the whole time like uh you know like previous before this like our introductions when we when we were kids uh danny devito would be him as the penguin so mm -hmm. like seeing him like uh you know play a, uh play a dad playing a monster um yeah this is an interesting like, cha up change that. It, that would change a child's view on him <laughs> like growing up real quick yeah right. definitely uh peak time for danny devito right uh, at the end of the 80s into the early 90s so you can see all the different stuff he was trying to do with his range you know 
uh definitely a good piece for a vehicle for him yeah um a good story about who's the real monster here oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, i yeah. mean yeah no they show the real so, monster other than that it's a you know pretty <laughs> generic uh coming of age drama because he has his two kids but we focus on the older one jack where the title comes from yeah uh jack the bear i don't know if i actually said the title i uh oh yeah edi- editing Very last month i i never said uh frank and milo or or what was it? Mad Dog and Glory was the name of the movie. <laughs> Frank and Milo. Yeah. You know, yeah. Those are yeah. the characters. The, the, yeah. the Adventures of Frank and Milo. Um, so I got to remember the title every uh, every month. But Jack the Bear, Jack uh, Hughes, or not Jack Hughes, this is Jack Hughes. Uh, Jack Leary, Leary is the uh, kid that we uh, focus on, our narrator. Uh, so his dad, John, is Dan- Danny DeVito. So it's from Jack's perspective, watching his father go off and do this. And then be weighed down by the fact that he doesn't have a partner to take care of their kids. Uh, right. The mom died and they moved from Syracuse to Oakland. And so it's, it's just kind of turning, turning a leaf, trying to get over your mother's death. He has a romantic interest in a young Reese Witherspoon. Uh, there's dealing with his younger brother. There's a significant incident that happens later where the younger brother gets kidnapped out of the blue, which is an interesting set piece for uh the movie i guess there was there's a lot in this movie but it actually uh brings us to the uh other main lead of the movie uh gary sinise who uh was just starting to act in film recently he had just done of mice and men what was it the year before two years ago yeah he directed it as well it was like the year yeah he'd been coming from stage and he he does a pretty good job here. It's kind of a lead up to Forrest Gump, right. uh, and he's the one that kidnaps uh, Miko Hughes, the younger brother. Oh yeah, uh, Dylan, whose name I never knew. Uh, so what Which what did you guys the, think was... of Gary Sinise? I think uh, as a precursor, because after this he got kind of typecast <laughs> villain roles outside of like Forrest Gump and stuff like that. He's kind of usually the heavy and stuff. He's good at that menacing look, like. He, uh, oh yeah, he's got a he's got a leery way of ten miles just, stare. Yeah, of just really unsettling your soul with that glint in his eyes. Yeah, it's funny. He's seen. He actually comes off as a little more of a multifaceted uh, antagonist at the beginning, but then it kind of those layers right. start to whittle away by the end. It it very much feels. I like think. It. I think it. I think what's uh, what sets him up as a good villain is like he's got that um, that that uh, crotchety old man vibe about him, but like he's still a young guy. So it, like it's... that 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 was I think that's like a good way to set you off. Is like he might be the villain in this. It definitely feels like what they did with James Earl Jones in the Sandlot. Oh, like, interesting. Yeah, they were combining that up. But, well, they're, yeah, they were combining every <laughs> coming of age movie. movie. This was The Sandlot. This was Stand by Me. This was yeah, you know, a bunch of other things m- mashed into one. But the thing with The Sandlot is, you know, you find out James Earl Jones is a nice guy. With this movie, it's like, oh, oh you were right about him the whole time. Yeah. The only thing, um, <laughs> I think he does a good job. I think with the tonal shifts, which we'll get into. <laughs> Um, by the end, he becomes a little bit of a slasher villain. So he's almost so beholden to the um, the conventions of the plot. 
So I he, think uh, <clears throat> slasher villain, slasher villain slash Disney villain. Oh my god, yeah, that was right. yeah. His comeuppance did come up pretty. Uh, pretty yeah, like I don't know what his end game was going to be at the end of this. Like, what was he yeah. planning on doing? The in the in the beginning, he has kind of a Boo Radley vibe, which is kind of cool. It does feel, and Jimmy and I both thought of this on. Oh yeah, yeah. We Told each other, it feels a little bit like To Kill a Mockingbird in general. Yeah, it, well, oh, yeah, yeah. feels like it's, it's got a To Kill a Mockingbird wrong, and then you have a yeah. weird neighbor that no one knows what's up with him. Yeah, it's it's that and like a really dark. Leave it to Beaver. Yeah, but like what Those Jeff are... was saying, the thing I like about it is the subversion where you're, you're like, oh, well, I'm sure he has some redeeming qualities. No, he doesn't. Mm-mm. No, he doesn't. No, he's a complete Just racist a and uh, literally a Nazi. Yes, to the point where yeah, the... he's campaigning for a Nazi <laughs> mayor. After dressing up one of the neighbor yeah, kids so. for Halloween as Hitler, I'm like, yeah, this, was, this, is, this is a twist, oh, yeah. man. How did we get here? Yeah. I'm still trying to wrap my head around how we there, got several places in this movie. There was no ramp for that. It just is like, oh yeah, the Boo Redley character is a Nazi. By the oh, way, yeah. here's a child he dressed up. <clears throat> yeah. I guess that's the ramp to being kidnapped. That's okay. Sure. So that doesn't yeah, come out a, of nowhere as much as I was thinking while we was, was there a significance to the fact that like their entire street was under construction the whole time? Yeah, I, I never got it, but I, I never feel like that was just no, like they a, got the a, location for no, cheap because uh, of that. No, he kind no, of got, I, there's that. a reason for that. That's uh yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's a uh, they're building a new neighborhood or are no. they're expanding an old expanding an old neighborhood but like this is also the age after the civil rights well it is right. a civil rights movement. gentrification's this, this coming like, in okay that's what oh, I was no, no 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 this is Oakland. integration this is integration integration. Integrated. Yeah, right. this is integration this is like the opposite of gentrification right. they're digging up the past and uh right. um gary sinise's character actually brings up uh like like you know they didn't used to be here this used right. to be a good neighborhood that sure shit. um right. so like so this, this is like is. Yeah, this is like all that construction. This is like they're they're building new homes for uh, integration. Yeah, they're letting they're letting the other people come in. So he's probably been there a while, and that makes sense. I thought it was just kind of a I, metaphor. It also kind of like it feels like a nail's been driven into the street, so they have to get around stuff. So it's also like Danny DeVito's life. It's just one more complication for him. Yeah. So that's all I really took it as, but. Luckily, not until the, like the the last, I want to say third, does it really get preoccupied with that whole plot line. Um, luckily, up until then, I thought it was a really good coming of age story. Yes. As a matter sure. of fact, um, like Jeff was just saying about the Norman uh, neighbor character, um, I think in other hands, the Dane DeVito character could have been an abusive drunk, but he's more of a negligent drunk. And not to the point where he's completely irresponsible. It's just his his drinking sometimes interferes with his ability to take care of his kids or to be responsible for his kids. Like it felt bring, way more realistic that way. Yeah, like bringing Dylan to school, it just sort of happens. It's not like a comedic event or... It's not played too melodramatic. Right. They found the right wave to ride on that. He's not beating his kids. It's, sh- it's, showing, it's showing that like a... Right. showing a mistake happening and then like the regret of like it happening in the first place <clears throat> later because Danny DeVito's character mm-hmm. does show up at school later. It was like, hey, is my son here? Is he all right? Like I was supposed to drop him off, but like super everything's awkward, good, right? right? 
Right. But at the same time, like his his in-laws are trying to take the kids away from him because of all this. And it's just yeah. this pile on of stuff because like he's dealing with, <clears throat> you know, the death of his wife and trying to raise the kids and his career awesome. going crazy. He lives next door to a Nazi. Like it was. Yeah. It was yeah. just piling on, and man. Kind of understandable and, why he drinks. Right. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, and look, look. Thinking back to that scene where he he go, goes to school to make sure that his son got there because like the older son did what the dad was supposed to do, take him to the first day of school. Um, that that like that looking back on that scene, uh, I do remember feeling like, hey, that teacher just let some really weird looking old man walk up to the school looking at kids and like just. And just just accepted the fact that he said, yeah, no, but she did come up to him. But yeah, but like this is this is like 90, 93. And like, you know, all over the news, probably at this point, it's like, hey, watch out for your kids, blah, blah, blah. So like right now, like that's always happening. Yeah, but I think you probably like we're wary of that. But like, would you consider that foreshadowing on a very subtle way? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like because the son does get kidnapped later, so. I think that's why that scene happens because then the in-laws will have a way to be like, look, we know you weren't always bringing your son to school. So it was pretty easy to get your kid kidnapped. Now give him to us. But, but by the time they did take his kid away, like Danny Vito did turn to the older son. I was like, yeah, my heart's not working anymore. Like I'm dead on the inside. So we're, we're sending to your grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. But then Jack (laughs) buys a plane or steals money from his grandparents to get a plane ticket to fly back to see his dad. And like that, that was about when the kidnapping, Oh no, this was after. That was after that. So Dylan Dylan is safe at his grandparents. And then he goes back to like kind of fix things with his dad, which, by the way, <clears throat> this character must be no older than twelve, right? Maybe. Yeah. So right. like, there's a lot. And at one point, he like pours himself a martini. I know. Eddie. <laughs> yeah. And then there's there's <laughs> we don't we don't we haven't talked yet about the other neighbor kid, Dexter. Oh, who, the like, Nazi. Who, who the one that he that he dressed and let? Okay, this poor kid. His parents were like drunk or asleep or on drugs or whatever. When you first see them, you never see them speak because the next scene you see them in, his mom's being pulled out in a body bag because she died. Oh, it's because that's because his parents aren't his parents. His his parents are his, his, his parents were his grandparents, but then his grandparents were much better. And so yeah. this poor kid is just like now being groomed by the Nazi across the street. And then at the end of the movie, you see him fucking chain smoking. <laughs> I think it was supposed to be a cautionary he's, tale about what he's a lost cause. Kid's like eight yeah. years old. I know. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, but he's a lost cause. But then, like, Danny DeVito is just kind of standing there on the porch watching him. There's like, that's what that he has the big realization. Hey, like, what's he gonna do? He's not, not my kid. blood. <laughs> not but by that point, the kid literally has no one because his family's dead. His like, like, Danny DeVito's like, I know I can't do anything for him. Dexter was the one loose end in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, he's fictional, so we don't have to feel bad. I lost sleep over this. We yeah. didn't. Um, we didn't talk much about uh the TV show that he hosts. Oh right, right. the Svengoogie thing. Produced by Julia Lewis Dreyfus. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's got like a, it's got a Zachary vibe, like all those cable access shows that, um. Like I'm a huge. Fan I feel of- like it might have been like a lo- local TV thing. That yeah, local. I, yeah, definitely. Like the the frequency hey, yeah, yeah. was like within yeah. the town. Uh, 
almost like uh, Wayne's World in a way, mm-hmm. because the production value is real low. But uh, mm. in this, it gets to show off the scenes that, like, like Jimmy was talking about, where uh, Danny DeVito just gets to be a ham on screen mm-hmm. and gets to the- indulge in his like Peter Pan syndrome. And you can see why, like, um, he's kind of pushing the envelope a little bit with the standards and practices. So they're trying to get him to reel it back in. Mm-hmm. But this is his only outlet in order to uh, be totally free. Mm-hmm. And, it, and to get over what's going on in his life. Yes. Oh, yeah. So it's almost like a coping mechanism. So if they try to take that away, he's got nothing. Right. I'm surprised that was they interesting. didn't take it away after it went on the rant. Because he was just being well, ironic or right. kind of put out what's going on in the world. And he doesn't put any uh, disclaimer on it. He just does it. Yeah, I think you watching his tone that he's being tongue-in-cheek, though. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, that's why he keeps it, I guess. Were they watching, like, Invasion of the Body Snatchers or something? And then he interrupts the broadcast to be like, you know what this <laughs> movie's really about? And goes on a drunk yeah. basically yeah, repeating what his, what his Nazi neighbor said. And that's probably what it is. they were like... Rather than just cut him off, they're like, "Go to two. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But then he was he was let go the next day, though, because I thought about that too. I'm like, "Well, it's the '70s. He wouldn't have gotten that pun- severely punished." But then they did the right thing and they let him go for a bit, and then yeah, they just took him. Yeah, they gave him time off. They're like, yeah. <laughs> "Am I the only one who thought that maybe they were going to explore a little bit more of the relationship with Julie Louis Dreyfus because she definitely." I mean, it's... she's at his house for dinner at one point. So right. I'm like, There's something yeah. He closes the door when uh, Jack goes off with Reese. I feel like they could have, but there was so much already in this. Yeah. Sure. Like, I'm sure that floating around in some closet somewhere is a three-hour director's cut of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think All what they the did was I guess it's was subtext, enough. so it's fine. Yeah. yeah. They didn't. It's it's a subplot that didn't have to be shoehorned in. But there's yeah. enough there that we're talking about it now because we wanted it to happen. Yeah, we wanted to be just, happy. Or could just I be thought they had good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they're friends, and he invited the whole, and the whole thing was he wanted to invite other people over, so it wasn't just like because his son mm. was bringing a date over, and he yeah. didn't want to be like three guys. Yeah, that might three have been my favorite in a scene. Bad actually. situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three guys, but one good girl. Because Julia was there. Yeah. Um, that was my favorite scene though, because you see Danny DeVito doing little voices and stuff, and he's just being a great dad, and the narration mm-hmm. blends so well with it that it's just like I loved him no matter what he was doing. Yeah, know, best part is he doesn't but... come off and like normally they have a scene like that, and he would come off embarrassing, like it humiliated his son. Right. But he's like, yeah. No, I love it when my dad's like this, he lights up the room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a little uh, bit, a little bit of wonder you know here. Fun, of... fun about Danny DeVito, like he, he's got an interesting streak when it comes to like movies, like because he's got all these like wild and crazy roles, and then like he has this thing where every now and then where he does like a, he just does a proper like family movie, just pulls it out of his ass. Like he's got yeah. this and Matilda. Yeah. And then do like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, how many? How many more movies has he got? And like, if you want to like uh, uh, include like. You know, Batman Returns for like childhood charm, like that's icing on the cake right I don't there. I know if that's charm. Isn't charm. He bites someone's nose off. 
but like you know he, he, like he this this guy has had a big influence on our youth you yeah gotta, he's a, you oh, that we all grew up on there's him. a reason like, he's in the new jersey hall of yeah. fame yeah yeah yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah he is jersey mike yeah is it that's right yeah but we um danny devito day in the fall mm-hmm. that's true we're talking about um we talk about reese witherspoon a little bit. I just mentioned. Yeah, I mean, she well, yeah. she, the her, fact that her, she's in here. Point, I didn't know she, she was, was a child actor. Yeah, she she was. I don't know. I vaguely remember. She just kind of showed up to be a romantic subplot for the kid, so that he'd be like, "Oh, right, he's still a teenager," <laughs> right. and not just trying to be his younger brother's dad. Because yeah, that isn't that great. And she yeah. broke his heart. Yeah, she broke his heart, and then he was just like, "Where'd you learn that television?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then he goes on this tirade. He's gonna end up in the William Holden network pattern if he continues oh that way. <laughs> Birth of an incel. Yeah. Uh, uh, um. That that subplot though didn't feel shoehorned in either though. She yeah, no. just doesn't come back, but it feels natural. That makes yeah. sense though. You yeah, see him interact with her parents. You see them trying to date. You see him being disappointed on Halloween when she's just like, yeah, I went off with some other people. It, it very much feels like this could have been like a single season of a Wonder Years ripoff. Yeah. That they mashed into one hour and a half long lifetime movie package. Yeah. <clears throat> like there are a lot of things that could that were touched upon that could have been explored in any direction, but they're just doing a lot. Um, yeah, I admire at least it's doing a lot and not enough because certain right. movies just aren't putting the effort. Yeah, this feels like a full film. But I feel like sure. Steve, Steve Zellian is such a good writer. Is this one of his first things? Did I write that down? Um, yeah, I think Searching for Bobby Fisher was shortly either before this or after this. But he's going on to work with. Yeah. He's worked. He's worked with Spielberg. He's worked with uh, Scorsese pretty recently on The Irishman. Yeah, he won uh, the Oscar for Schiller's List this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a, he's a pretty prolific writer. He's a, he's a very literary writer. Mm-hmm. I think he's really good at uh, obviously getting human foibles on screen. Yeah. And, uh, he does drama in a way that I don't think comes off too mawkish. Because all that, especially the ending, when uh, Miko Hughes is um, like catatonic, that could have came off, yeah, there? that could have came off real sappy. But I think they do it in a way that feels a little more organic. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe all. It's okay. Which could, going off of Miko Hughes, we were, we were talking about earlier, huh? he was originally a kindergarten cop. Yeah. And then... There's the same size in this three years later. I mean, <laughs> Kindergarten Cop is at the end of the year, right? So they had to have filmed it at worst in the middle of 1990, right? Yeah. So I think, maybe this is a year later and it got pushed or something? Yeah, I think they like they filmed it in 91. And then because of all of the things that we mentioned earlier, the producer and the director like couldn't agree on anything in the edit room. So it took ah. forever to edit it. <laughs> And then apparently they they wanted to go back and shoot more scenes with Danny DeVito. Oh. And he wasn't available because he was doing Batman and all this stuff. So eventually they got him like somewhere toward the end of 92. And so that's why this movie came out until 93. 
Okay. That and this is April, so it's really like about two years later. Yeah. It was originally supposed to be a Christmas movie. Too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like this movie was also supposed to have a, a Christmas ninety two release. There you go. Okay. But because so they I couldn't see. get their shit together, the studio was like, Yeah, no, our we're stacked already. So how about yeah. April ninety three? And we're like, all right, I guess. And this is where <laughs> it becomes a hidden gem because it's sort of buried in spring when people aren't going to see a lot of stuff. Right. You know, this is overshadowed by cop and a half. Yeah. Yeah. They got, they got stuck in development hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But... That makes sense because he was, he was no bigger and he was talking even less. Like he's, <laughs> he's a motor mouthing kindergarten cop. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he's got one, that, of his, one of his big lines is vagina. In I, a, yeah, I was about to cop. say that's, that's about yeah. every memory. Yeah. Yeah. It's his big claim to fame. Well, yeah. You know it's funny. New Nightmare comes out what, three years after this. He looks about the same. Does he really? I never saw that. I feel one. like he does. Maybe he's just short. I don't know. Maybe he might be like an Elijah Wood, where he's got something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elijah Wood's face still just looks like tiny. he's twenty at best. Yeah. Have you seen all the other Lord of the Rings cast <laughs> now? They look like they're old, and like Elijah Wood, just like just bright eyed, bushy tailed, yeah. still young looking, little gray though. But like, yeah. I mean, Pippin the movie was, was twenty like years ago when it yeah. was made. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think when he swam with that dolphin and flipper, it, it gave him gave youth him dol- powers. dolphin powers. Yeah, or, or or maybe or maybe the you know the dolphin showed him some love and was like, "Hey, bud, you're gonna stay young for a oh very long time. Let me give you <laughs> some of this uh, the special sauce, and you'll be good." I always love the topics that we end up with. I didn't <laughs> expect to talk about network on this or dolphin rape, but here we are. <laughs> What do, what do we give the film? I give I give it a solid uh, A A plus. Oh nice! Oh wow! Personally. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say I'm get, I I'll give it a B. Um, you suggested this. No, yeah. I I mean I like based on everything else, it's an underrated gem. Okay. Because it's one of the few uh, Dan DeVito movies where he's a star. It also tanked horribly, as you just pointed out. Um, but I also think it's a very well done, uh, very poignant and halcyon uh, comedy drama that balances those two halves very well. Even though I do think it gets a little bogged down in the the thriller aspect in like the last twenty minutes. Um, Denise dies like a Disney. I'm sure, like Jeff said, there's probably a cut of this that streamlines that a little bit better. But with what we got in ninety nine minutes, I think. Uh, it's a powerhouse performance from Dane DeVito, and as a starring vehicle for him, it's great. Okay, I was just under the impression because you got so excited when we were mapping out this year that this was going to be like an A plus for you. That's all. Well, not everything's A plus. I don't know. You give I, B's to things you don't like too, so that's why I was like, no, it's... I don't. Hmm. He's a very generous. The, cut- the cutoff is below B minus. I didn't like it. Okay, so C. Plus downward, I yeah. didn't for it. Okay. I just feel like oh. I don't hear a lot of A's from you. Well, I'm hard to please. What do you want? I know. <laughs> yeah, he's very he's he's got standards. Yeah, standards. You just don't know what they are. Yeah, I was gonna give it a B because I didn't yeah. like it. See, so, I, I, I gave C C plus. Yeah, I might go C plus then if we're going by that rush around rationale. The thriller stuff bogs it down for me. Like the thriller uh, stuff felt shooting, but it was just so depressing. Like it was, <laughs> it was literally 
a pile on on a pile on a pile on. It's not great for fireflies at 12. No wonder this other kid's chain smoking. No wonder Dan, like Dan DeVito is literally just a good guy in a bad situation. (laughs) And that just keeps getting worse. And it felt like, you know, a lifetime movie, but with dudes. And it was just, there, there was so much going on and it, it, it got way too convoluted at, at times and that's that's what like the performances were great like if you watch this like i said I, if there were added scenes or you kind of spread this out into like three minisodes or something like a mini series it, it would be it would be solid but because they tried to do too much it was just pick a through line in maybe it needed to maybe be two I hours because yeah. i'm just yeah. like if they if they didn't do enough then it would just be another run of the mill coming of age movie right right i you know talking about the first half that's the part where it's still a b for me and then that thriller buying it down i think it's on the line of b minus c plus you know i mean i don't really want to suggest it to people because it's depressing yeah but it's i don't think it's that depressing performance if we circle back to the whole like uh kill uh kill a mockingbird thing like you could kind of see where that like that parallel like would be there in this movie because like it's just like Oh yeah, remember that one scene in To Kill a Mockingbird where it's like, oh no, there's a weird, creepy guy lingering in in the house or wherever you find him somewhere, and like they kind of just want to like just stretch that out and expand on it. Like, what if he was a Nazi? Basically, that's well, what that's I kind of like. It's combining it with the person that's actually the villain in To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. So, right. yeah, it's sort of you know everyone thinks Boo Radley did it at first because he's creepy. So it's the judgment of others when you don't know who they really are right that's the significance of that character so sure. when you do it to gary sinise in this it's like oh but we were right he's a villain yeah. <laughs> that's a nice little subversion of it don't you think yeah i just think you know i, I might lean towards b minus i guess because if if that's the mm. worst part of it it's not that bad compared to a lot of other lesser films i would say there's other movies that have been hijacked by Roller plot lines where it's just like I don't know what movie I'm watching now. Right. So at least you still care about the the Wait, three hijack. Don't you mean kidnapped? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you think of anything we forgot? Because I think we pretty much covered uh, everything. I think the James Horner score is really good. Oh, another James Horner thing. He's been in a uh-huh. ton of undiscovered decade films. Maybe he's the he's the key. Yeah, could be. He's our uh, patron saint, not Bill Murray. I'm very curious as to why this movie was as buried as it was. Like, it's not on any streaming service. I couldn't even find it at the library. Like, Corey had to buy a physical copy off of eBay. Like, we we had to, we ultimately watched it on, like, some malware and something, something. No, we're gonna. There's a paper trail. I texted you. I mean, I have a physical copy. Yeah. Uh, this is only the second, maybe third film we had to do that with. Maybe you know what? One of them, it was just there goes the neighborhood. Was I had to stream that? Yeah, that's the first one I think that we had to go through another site. Might have been YouTube actually, but it's interesting. Like, I don't know, just where was this? Yeah. Like it was like, I think good. It, it was just like box office has a lot to do with it and yeah. it made like five million total. Right. Yeah, but that's no reason to like make it cease to exist. 
that's the thing about this. I you want to bring up films that are kind of gone that are only 30 years yeah, old. Yeah, I think I think these days we're just too used to like once when something comes out, no matter how good or bad it is, like it's gonna be available somewhere online. Whereas like oh, yeah, this, 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 this came but... this came out in an era like if it's if it comes out and it doesn't do well, you don't you don't have a whole lot of copies just sitting around to make more copies. It has to do with the distribution company if they don't oh, yeah, want it too. on a streaming service, you know. Yeah, yeah, and this was Fox. This wasn't like an independent movie, but uh, this said, I mean, we've said it time and time again, but physical media, it's important. Yep. Yeah, you have only so much space on Quickly a shelf vanishing. on a blockbuster. Yeah, exactly. What's a blockbuster? Oh God, no! <laughs> oh boy, it's yeah. a place, not a. <laughs> It's heaven. It's a TV show on Netflix that got unceremoniously blockbuster like, in the sky. Rebecca watched that. It was not good. I heard it was bad. Yeah, I like Randall Park. That's well, yeah. yeah. That's like if you if you overtake someone's legacy, of course you're going to beat it into the ground. Yeah. Like, see, they were never that like, good to begin with. <laughs> what, well, what what else Speaking would you have rented? Other, what what other blockbusters? Other blockbusters. Yeah, what, what um, was it I don't know if it was a blockbuster, but it was Disney distributed. Uh, the Adventures of Huck Finn, hmm. with with Elijah Wood. Ironically, we were just talking. Ah, about. yeah, there we go. Everything's uh, coming out of the old Melhouse over here. It, yeah, right. Has uh, good, good. it's it's actually directed by Stephen Sommers, who would go oh, on to do um, yeah, the Mummy, the uh, the first live action live action Jungle Book. Next year, yep. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It's uh, it's weird because it it's it's just like Summers being in that it has racial issues, obviously that are completely inextricable from the, the source material. Like you can't get around it, but because it's Disney, you know they gotta like soft pedal it. They're not gonna tackle it head on. So uh, only I can't even talk about this, Jim. N word yes. Jim, yeah, uh, is Courtney B. Vance. Mm-hmm. He's really good in the movie, but of course, they can't do. They just don't say that word, right? They don't say the word, and then like the whole slavery angle and him being framed for a crime they didn't commit becomes a little bit like. I feel like we're being a little disingenuous because Disney won't let us do what realistically would have happened in that situation. yeah well historically the original would have been, novel yeah which is a which is a thing <laughs> that i've criticized uh on disney when it comes to like you know films that takes place in a, like a historical era and they just kind of you know have their version of whitewashing and toning things down and making it right happen. exactly it's sanitized yeah no i tried to make i tried to make that point on like uh on the internet a very long time ago with one of uh disney's like later movies and like somebody who just wasn't having it and just kind of twisted everything i'm just like okay so like it's when funny. it comes to things like that i just give up on disney it's like okay fine just have your way i wonder if it was like them trying to Ooh. like course correct uh song of the south they're like we went the other way with that yeah uh, maybe, i guess so. uh I- ironically that conversation that i was talking about that i had online whatever um i actually had that issue with somebody that worked for disney like uh, he was uh, he was he was a visual effects person for the uh, pirates yeah, he was a visual effects person for like a one or two of the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Like I googled him, and I was like, "It's like, oh no wonder you're defending this shit. You work for them." 
though. Okay. It's like you can't Disney have your own, all of us, don't you know? Own opinion, because like they're 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 uh they're yeah, they're, that's uh, where the like water mindless minions here. will be like, no, 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 that's not how it works. And I was like, no, Call, calling out your your boss, man. Yeah. yeah. How's how's Elijah Wood in that? Uh, he's actually really good. He's good with the narration. He's um. There's a weird part where he um. I don't remember the source material, but he dons a dress and pretends to be a girl. I think that happens. I've never read it, so. Well, yeah, I I, I remember wanna... reading it. I remember we had to read it in school, and uh, <coughs> for some reason, I got the passages where it was you had to say the N word out loud. Yeah. I was like, ah, I'll pass. Yeah. I'll take I'll take the non-participation grade. Thing. <clears throat> That's interesting. Wait, 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 wait! You would you you would have failed if you hadn't read it right. Huh? Like your teacher was, like no, your... Was like, well, you had to participate because there was a grade, uh, like a daily grade based sounds... on whether you participate in class. And if you didn't participate, then you get points taken off. That sounds like entrapment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sounds like it sounds like uh, yeah, because oh. the the one I got people are you say you'll get suspended if you don't, you'll get docked. Yeah, no, then my uh, my one friend who happened to be uh, African American was not to. Just kept giving me this this look like don't don't even, don't do it don't you do don't you read that line don't like I know it's in the book don't like, you okay. do it just say the words just say I don't want to get this too is my anti white privilege okay I don't want to get too far into this because I haven't read it and we have a limited amount of time but uh, is he named that because Mark Twain is pointing out the uh, racism I guess inherent yeah. in that state where it takes place or is it of a time, I think he's I think pointing it's out the former. Okay, so that's yeah, the irony. Because no, I think he's pointing to ban the book today. Yeah. yeah, but then again, you have situations where your your probably white teacher is trying to get you to yes. say the word for uh, money, essentially. Well, it's like uh, she tried. She tried to argue that you know, for historical purposes, sure, it should be innocuous, Wait. but. Then again, there should be a way to get around it to still get your grade. Right. This, this, is like, this sounds like the type no, no. of thing that would make national headlines. Remind, remind me again. Remind me again. Where, where did which state did you go to school in? Pennsylvania. And I grew up in Tennessee, and like they didn't pull it. Like what the fuck, man? Say. <laughs> so ridiculous. Like I, that didn't happen when I grew up down in South. Like, like why is that happening? I didn't anymore? even read it in New Jersey. So they're like a matter of fact. Why don't you add more n words into this text? Go ahead for more. <laughs> Yeah, you want to, don't you? <laughs> anyway, what else can I, I want, no, I actually, I wonder <laughs> if that's like a this is why, thing. No. I kind of wonder if that's a thing to rile up uh, you Pennsylvanians to see if you guys are, oh wow, some food just came out. You're uh, right there, Chief. Just, I, I wonder if that's like a test to rile you Pennsylvanians up just to see if like you really are like unionists or whatever. Because like, I know like, yeah. okay, I say I'm from the South, but like my, my, my family is from Pennsylvania. So like I was born in the South, but my family is <laughs> like um and like talking to some pennsylvanians i know how they can get about the civil war just like southerners they're like yeah no our family fought for the union like fuck those confederates like um well so i'm just wondering, like, maybe, so big it... that it depends what county you're driving through if i was oh, yeah. driving up towards scranton it'd be exactly what you're saying like uh very um flag waving red state almost yeah, but they're blue. But I, the where I where I live is a little more liberal. 
Yeah, you're mm. you're a Philly suburb essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was just wondering, like, like maybe like the adjacent. The, the Jesus are like, yeah. you, you want to get pissed off saying the N word? Come on, come on, come on! I want to get I want to get you riled up so we could go fight this war again. Come on, go! Yeah, I know. My teacher was Michael Richards. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what else anyway. can I April ninety three? Um, a proposal. Oh. Maybe that became a punchline shortly after it came out. If anybody yeah. knew the premise. I did. You know, I didn't think it was a punchline. They actually parody it in um, a lot of movies, especially uh, Kingpin. If you ever saw Kingpin, okay, mm. seen that? Yeah. Um, I can see why it's a punchline now. It's it's a parody. Yeah, punchline. It's, it's a it's a really stupid movie. Is um, it really? Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a great high concept, uh, just logline. But then when it's played out, it's played out in the most like maudlin way. What's the premise? The premise is that um Woody Harrelson and Demi Moore are a couple that I think they're on the verge of getting married. And Robert Redford is this eccentric uh millionaire and he he uh proposes that he'll give them a million dollars if he can sleep with Demi Moore for one night. Gotcha. Is it indecent? You know what's funny is for a movie that has that uh, concept, it's very prudish. Like you don't see a lot of eroticism in any of it. In Does fact, it that to be just a pretty decent proposal. No, no, nobody in the <laughs> in the cast really has any chemistry with one another. What well, do you guys do it? Do you take it off? Yeah. Would you give up Jimmy for a million dollars? I would. Come on. I would. One of a kind. But yeah. one night he comes back to me, right? Yeah, but like. Well, you so, know what? So, so, in the, in so the, the movie, premise, the premise you said uh, that they're, they're going to get married, right? Yeah. Yeah. This makes the prenup very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wouldn't do that simply because, like, <laughs> we got it. We got to do a prenup. Well, you know what? There's and is it, it, it going to be a fifty? Is it going to be a 50 50 deal? Well, she's the one that's sleeping with him. So, like, should she get more? But then just one night. Yeah, but then one night. She's she's going to be my wife, and I'm giving away that privilege. So, should I get more? Like, like, it always gets more complicated when it always gets more complicated when there's money involved. It's smarter than anything the movie proposed. (laughs) Yeah. It's so bad. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. Uh, So, you know what's funny is that. Jeff brought up one of the movies that came out this month. A seminal movie from everybody's childhood, which is The Sandlot. Also, the third straight film I have not seen of this. List. What? Yeah, I've never seen The Sandlot. Yeah. Wow. Really? So yeah. you, know, you know what I'm you're un-American now, though? You know, that was a setup, right? You're supposed to say you're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. Yeah. That's the thing everybody remembers. But I, you know what? For years, people would say that. I'd be like, what is this? You know what's funny? Everybody remembers that, but then when I bring up that James Earl Jones in the movie, they're like, no, he isn't. I'm like, what? did you watch it to the to the end? He was... Really? He's the neighbor. <laughs> so then it gets interesting because since since uh, Jack the Bear was filmed in like two years earlier, did the Sandlot rip off Jack the Bear? I think Someone... they knew about each other. Someone oh, saw the idea. I think, I think was like, let's make him better. Who else? Is, what other studios are doing? Wait a second. Like, Sandlot is also Fox. 
Sandlot was also Fox, which was also Where's it take place? Guys, guys, we're peeling the onion. <laughs> is also, Joseph Earl Jones a Nazi in it? <laughs> no, he oh, was okay. the good. Well, well wait, not yet. Not that I know. Lot, the Sandlot took place in the sixties. <laughs> this takes where, place where? in the seventies. Where's it take place? Uh, down south, right? It's got to be down south. Somewhere. Okay, not California. Wait, Sandlot. Yeah. yeah. I thought like that took place 60s. in like, wait, uh, 60s. Well, it's 60s, like, but I don't know what state. I don't know. It's, ba- it's baseball. It could be like, anywhere. I feel, I, feel like, I feel like it's somewhere else. Not, not we go find out real fast. That's a very football yeah, region. Yeah. I'll look it up while you sure. tell us more about <laughs> how good James Earl Jones is. Um, James Earl Jones, well, I mean, it's, it's a glorified cameo. Is uh, it really? I thought it was more significantly in it. Uh-uh. Now nah, he didn't show up till the very end. Up, ah, set in San Fernando Valley, in LA. <laughs> there you go. Also, okay. Art Lafleur was in that as Babe Ruth. Oh, oh my God. right. <clears throat> Dennis Leary's in it. Interesting. Dennis Leary and a young Marley Shelton in the Reese Witherspoon role. I never cared for the movie. Huh. I know it's beloved by a whole generation of kids. I'm gonna have the Home Alone problem if I ever see this because I'm at least 35 at this point. I don't care. Is yeah, that, oh, yeah, gonna, yeah. There's, that there's like no emotional investment. Yeah, I may never see this. It also spawned a franchise, apparently. I didn't. Yeah, it's got one of the stupidest looking posters. I'm looking at on Wikipedia where it's the bats and then the dogs. Is a dog signature on top? Is there a dog in it? I guess. Yeah, actually, it's a big massive. <laughs> it's it's. Oh, you know what? It's funny that you brought up Home Alone because they personify the dog almost like they do with the furnace. In Home Alone, where it's a something to be feared, and then you find out it's just a big, adorable uh, Saint Bernard. Yeah, from the poster, I would think it's their friend. Yeah, I know it's it's misleading that poster. It's a red herring. Yeah, weird. Because I never, as a kid, like went and had baseball mm-hmm. practice with my friends, so I don't really relate to it. So it doesn't. Yeah, it was the same way. I never, I never really like. Was a sports kid. Ironically, yeah, so. I did that. The neighbors maybe was, I like baseball, so I went to one of their houses all the time and played a little bit with them. Maybe you yeah. like this a little bit better then. Uh, <laughs> I, I I played stories in my backyard. <laughs> Gonna play stickball. Yeah, I did that a little bit with them. We 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 were all Jurassic Park kids, but also everyone played baseball. So then eventually, I was in theater, and they were all they all continued on the track and stuff. So. Oh yeah! Oh, also, I took your friends. That, that yeah, hilarious. you you hung out with my original friends. Yeah, no, I before did before I knew you. <laughs> yep, yep, because we were on the cross country and track team. Yeah, which I didn't, you know. I mean, like I I, I hung I out with them, but like Jeff. yeah, yeah, so, I hung I hung I hung out I hung out. out with them, but like you know, it was cross country and track. I hung out with the other like other runners that were more like me, even like yeah. you know, cross country and track. It's not like a sport sport. We're like, oh, we're gonna win. It's just like yeah. going for a run. Right. It's a weirdly lonely team sport. Yes, it is. There's a lot of encouraging going on. It's a very encouraging sport, too. Yeah. Except for that one silent stretch two miles <laughs> in. Oh, yeah. No one there. <clears throat> you in the woods. And then. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't flashed. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 you in the woods alone for like two miles, but then like you gotta. <clears throat> You gotta take. You, you gotta. You know, leave some more dirt in the uh, forest. Or in some cases, your shoes. 
Leave some more dirt in the forest. Come on. That's a euphemism or, for something? Yes, nope, it means... Buried yeah. a man. Or in some cases, leave your shoe on the course, like I did oh, that yeah. one time. I remember that. Or, or yeah. a friction burn on a particularly sensitive uh, organ on your chest. Okay. I did not know where... This is getting real. And the tangents. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're triggering oh, this... a lot of memories right now. Moving oh, right along. That's what this movie does. This movie opened up a oh, whole yeah. can of worms that we weren't ready to deal with. So anyway, anyway what else came out? Therapy session. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know. The appeal of me just uh, evaded me. It's like um, it's like a more comedic version of Stand By Me. Yeah. Which is a great oh, film. Yeah, were that you, movie's great. Were you with me when we watched that at Pat's house, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah, we so. wept to Stand By Me together. That movie's fantastic. Oh, yeah. That was part of that five Rob Reiner classic. Uh, arc yeah that was that's one of my favorite uh movie experiences just like that was shown there too it was the four of us just like weeping trying not Probably. to not to let it get to us we saw yeah. ourselves as <laughs> chubby little kids yeah well we were all 18 at the, or i was 18 so you guys were 17 and 16 who's the dick dreyfus uh i think we all felt like we were <laughs> i think Pat had been chubby as a kid, and then he had gotten thin by the time we knew him, or at he's least that I knew him. He's the Jerry O'Connell. So he's definitely the Jerry O'Connell. I think Jeff and I both wanted to be Dreyfus, but we both knew one of us was the other kid. And then Sean yeah. was uh, Phoenix, I guess. <laughs> Will Wheaton? Or, yeah. Sean was probably Will Wheaton, so you and I were uh, the main two. <laughs> so Anyway, that was 86, speaking... so I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, so speaking of uh, coming-of-age movies, um, the exact... Opposite end of the spectrum. This boy's life. Oh, <coughs> first significant Sorry. role of uh, Leo DiCaprio. Right? Yeah, huh. and and De Niro, him and De Niro, and De Niro plays oh. Yusuf's stepfather. We didn't choose this. We, we, it might have been good for going through the career of DiCaprio, but we didn't choose this because we had just done and really wanted to do Mad Dog and Glory, so we couldn't do two De Niro's in a row, of course. I also don't think this is underrated. I think it's a lot yeah. of this. Yeah, no, this, yeah, this movie, people... this, 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 like, I, I went, oh, but, like, uh, I hadn't seen this movie, but I know this is a movie that's known for the fact that, like, De, uh, uh, DiCaprio was able to, like, perform with De Niro with, yeah. like... <clears throat> Because like they asked him like, "Yo, this is breakout after Critters." Yeah, right. And then like, what? Seeing Gilbert like... Grape comes later this year, right? Yeah, yeah. So the, 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 the one-two punch, yes, yeah, it's, it's close. Yeah, but the but one this is the one that showed that he could uh, he could act. Right. Then he gets the Roman and Juliet and Titanic, and so takes off. Do, right. Say say that one more time. How how did you Titanic? say the name of that shit? Titanic. Titanic. Titan. Titanic. Titan. What are, what are what are what are you some kind of weird British person that doesn't understand how to say Titan? Teen to tens go. You know who I feel mm. bad for? <laughs> yeah, is uh, it's Ellen Barkin plays the mom, and nobody oh, really? ever talks about her when they talk about this movie. Yeah, I had no idea she was in it. Yeah, it actually is a really good movie though. Yeah, but if Jeff thought uh, Jackie Bear was depressing, oh boy. Oh, so uh, speaking of Giant Depp. Benny and June came out. Oh, I guess Gilbert. I remember yeah, that Gilbert Grape. Okay. Um, which I think is like an obnoxiously quirky 
romantic fable. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> yeah. Um You're not wrong, but it's what charmed everyone to Johnny Depp. I was gonna say this is another one of those movies that's beloved and the appeals is just lost to me. The weird thing is he had done Twenty One Jump Street and then <laughs> came out with this, and so everyone cited that this mainly more right. even more so than Jump Street as why they thought he deserved a bigger platform. By the time he gets, you know, Jack this is Sparrow, before he's doing stuff with Tim Burton too. Right. He's done he'd done Edward Scissorhands last year, but I think maybe oh, the right. one two punch of that is what endears him to a generation, you know? Also he's um he's imitating Charlie Chaplin through most of the movie and I hate Charlie Chaplin. And maybe his public persona at this time he's dating Winona Ryder. So that's probably what people are really forever? Yeah, they're probably all loving him because he's off in the public yeah. eye. He's uh, he's like he's being you know Hollywood uh, royalty. Yeah, he's doing his thing. So, but he was like the alt punk king. Yeah, at the yeah. Time, he's like so. the Hollywood the Hollywood bad boy. I so then, when he's Hollywood like this boy. this twee guy that's interjecting himself into the lives of Benny and June, right? I always like, thought that he was Captain. Benny. Yeah, exactly. I did too before I saw this. The title's confusing because I'm like Aiden Quinn. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's the Jack Sparrow to Benny and Jude. Yeah, right. They also, uh, I don't think they knew how to categorize mental illness back then. No. Oh, yeah, no. This yeah. film is... He's got like autism well. or Asperger's or something, and they don't really know. They think it's like a funny kind of quirk or just like a, a mannered behavior. I'm like, no, she needs help. Yeah. This isn't a joke. Yeah. She's wearing a fucking helmet while she's making... Cereal. Yeah. In a blender. Yeah. Aiden Quinn's like, I don't know if I should put her in a home or find someone else like her to problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it was Buster Keaton, not Charlie Chaplin. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Important distinction, apparently. I apologize. It is. Uh, but then that brings us to uh, Poster Book. Hey. All right. So Back in the game. A... He's back in there. Yeah. Maybe. Just like Smalls. <laughs> sure. Oh, wait a minute. So this is not a significantly <clears throat> poster, but I took all the words out. So I just wanted you to appreciate the the beautiful nature of this. The drawing. I actually think it's a great poster. It's yeah. Very, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a very, very cool. cool poster. It's like, okay, so it starts yeah. with a dark, like a black background. And then in the negative space is like a purple sunset with a tree, uh, a raven of some sort. A couple and of ravens. This And the, yeah. the face. <clears throat> they actually play into the plot, too, which is cool. Okay, yeah. I figured. Yeah, a couple yeah, of It looks ravens. like Zardoz. <laughs> some guy's yeah, it kind of does. And then there's like a red mark on the bottom. It looks like it could be another bird or it might be part of the title. I didn't alter that at all. It is a bird <clears throat> coming out of the title. Okay. Mm. Cool. So the uh, title is red. It, it's going to be in there. It actually isn't. It's it's green oh, really? for some yes. reason. Huh. Interesting. But, but that's uh, why there's a little bit of a tail that's fading away. So the face, obviously, the protagonist. I'm trying to. I don't know. I wasn't going to ask you to know who this is. I left his name up. Even it's the one on the top line there. Oh. Okay. But uh, I was gonna say, it looks a little like Ray Liotta, but. It kind of does. Oh, it's hard to say it looked like figure a, out like just a, based on like this, a so. choppy Che Guevara mixed with you know yeah whatever as I said a minute ago. It was like Zardoz. Yeah. yeah. 
Sammy the Hutton is is the name that's that's listed there. Right. Ooh, so I, don't I, think, I, I don't think I would have ever recognized. That's why I wasn't him. worried about that because it's inside this tree branch. Don't go team. easy on me now. No, no. The thing that I wanted <laughs> to know is what do you think this is about? I assume you can guess the genre. I think it's about a, ma- a crazy man who talks to birds, but is also going oh, wait. with... I think I know what this movie is. He's is going that actually a plot? I feel like he's trying to he's trying to solve a mystery, and the only clues are with the birds that, for some reason, keep circling his house. Is that a better plot? And he talks. He doesn't uh, talk to the birds, but he does. Just... Does this movie does this movie involve a swamp? Uh, I think it's in Louisiana. Oh, Jimmy might have seen this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or the birds. Yeah, I might know what it is. Do you want to try another plot? See if I mean, I might be looking there. at this too too literally. All right, so it's just <clears throat> he's not gonna in a bad situation. Yeah. He gets kidnapped, or some member of his family gets kidnapped. It's definitely a drama. There's no way that this yeah. is a sure. comedy or a, a right. nice little. Well, I mean, it's an Orion. Romp. It's an Orion film. It could be anything. That's that's really. very true. An Orion picture. Um, maybe it's like. You know, some some predecessor to, uh, or some some precursor to the secret. You know, <laughs> it's just maybe this man. And it's rated R too. So maybe okay. this this dude like is part of a cult. Uh huh. Runs a cult, or some sort it, of compound. Um, can we try again to guess who the writer might be, or who? Uh... That's the next thing that will come up. I actually have the tagline come up at the top, but uh, <laughs> that'll give you more of the plot, I assume. So why don't you try the writer and then we'll start revealing stuff and maybe you can think, come up with a title. I think if he figures out the writer, that might help him figure <clears> out a little bit. Sure. What I know the writer. Writer is actually the second to last thing. The, the writer. The director comes up. Before oh, that's him. okay. Yeah. Because the director's significant as well. Yes. So you, you Not, get the genre, right? Yeah. It's What's, like horror, thriller. Yeah. Type. Yeah, so who would you think might have made a horror in 93? Wes Craven? You're close. Uh, One of his peers. Let's, oh my god. Cronenberg? No. No? That's more body horror. Yeah. I don't know horror directors that well. I'm trying to think. Is the, do you want the director or the writer? <laughs> That's that's gonna be after the director. So why don't I okay, give you so the tagline? Director? Yeah, give me the tagline. There are very good reasons to be afraid of the dark. Hmm. hmm. It's actually a stupid tagline, but yeah, it doesn't really it feels give like, anything out. It feels um, like a goosebumps movie. No, no, no. Is it, it, is it swamp thing? RL Stein. Sure. Wait, did no, RL Stein write it? Swamp thing. No, 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 no. But a famous no, writer. It is a famous author, King. though. Stephen King. Yep. Oh, you, you got, got you got the points yeah. at least okay. for that. So wait, you guessed a different one, so I might as well give you who the director is. Wait, 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 wait. Do you wait. want one more stab at who the director is? Yeah, because I want to. Um, they've collaborated before on an anthology. Stephen mm. King and this director. Mm. Yes. Okay. It's a big anthology. Yeah. One sequels too. Um, Ridley Scott. No. <laughs> Cameron, no, yeah. it's, um, it's a person known for horror. It's, he's yeah. a, he's a pioneer of uh, the zombie. Craven. Mm. He's a pioneer of zombie films. Yeah, that's oh, just giving it to him. Oh. Damn it! No, 
Robert something. Um, no. No, I I know I know. That's more the last name. It's on, it's on the tip of my it's on the yeah. tip of my brain. I'm, 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 no, I'm actually like did Jeff he, right now. I know do, I know who it is, but I don't remember do, the name. Did he like, do Mad Max like, too? No. Oh, no, no, no. oh, this is gonna drive me nuts. Good. Romano, uh, just give it to Romano. him. Romero. Just give it to Romero. him. Like Romero. Romero. Like a, like a, you got there, it. Go. there we go. Yeah, George Romero. Romero. Yeah. And then the, the, the movie Stephen King. The anthology I was talking about was Creepshow. Ah, uh, okay. Oh right, I completely forgot about Creepshow. I've yeah. never seen that. I've also never right. seen this. So. <clears throat> okay. So do you want to take one, maybe two chances at what you would title a film where a guy maybe talks to birds? Is that the plot? You might That's as well not the him. plot. That's you not the plot. Well... The birds. So the, the birds are almost like a um, an agent of chaos towards the end of the movie, but they really have nothing to do with plot. Well, what is the plot? Because then maybe Jeff can come <clears> up with a title that's better. The plot. Before we give it to him. The plot is almost kind of meta because um, uh, Timothy Hutton plays an author who uh, writes under the name of George Stark. Then he starts getting threatening phone calls from a guy identifying as George Stark, and uh, he looks exactly like him. Oh, that's like what Secret Window should have been. I was going to say, yeah, it's a better version of Secret Window. Publishers clearing, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, try one more time to come up with a Uh, better title. Fan fiction. Ooh. Well, they both look like each other, so keep that in mind when you think of the title. Uh, the doppelganger. Double Jeopardy. That's fine. Double or nothing. I don't know. Something. Kind of generic, but. Um, I see myself in the trees. <laughs> that's. <laughs> I like that's a Tennessee myself. Williams play. That's not a. <laughs> yeah. I like. I like when titles <laughs> exactly. do that. Like I am the pretty one that lives in the house or whatever. Where it could be like that. it could be either a movie title or a Panic of the Disco song. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so here you guess a couple times. I'll give you a couple points for the. Oh, I, I know like the title. Like... It's, it's Death Note. The title of the movie is Death Note. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Do you want to Death. give a try, Jimmy? Well, that was my try. It's Death Note. All right. All right. Uh, he's being goofy now. The dark half. Hey. Yeah. Okay, that sounds like a Stephen King, like Romero movie. It, yeah, it, it sounds like something adapted from a Stephen King cocktail napkin. <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah, it's fun. Okay. Plus, if okay. you if you like if you like Timothy Hutton, you get to see him in dual roles. That's kind of cool. He's yeah. really good. Yeah. It's also good to see Romero do something that's not zombie related. It kind of is. Yeah. It's refreshing. That's cool. It's refreshing. It's a yeah, it's that, underrated. Uh, Stephen King. That was a pretty it good. Well, Ivan's uh, his resume did, up. Did he go? Did he go back to zombies immediately after this? Was he like, I'm, I'm sick of these living actors. Yeah. Yeah, I think this movie didn't do well. So this is like uh, the only real other thing that's not zombies. Yeah. Aside from like Martin, that was vampires. Yeah. Martin. Anyway, don't give Hollywood any more ideas. For uh, for picks of the month, I feel like it would make sense to do Danny DeVito, but there are a couple other actors in here, or even Julia Louis Dreyfus. You know, you could do Julia Louis Dreyfus. Didn't we already do a Danny DeVito? Yeah, I don't. I feel like we did do Danny DeVito. 
So what do you think, Danny DeVito or yeah, let's let's do up. I can see Gary Sinise or Reese Witherspoon as significant others because Reese doesn't really have anything else in the nineties. She gets Gary Sinise would be interesting. Yeah, Gary Sinise kind of putters around, but he yeah, he 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 he, he's got a lot of good movies. He's got he's not leading a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. The only one I can think of. Right, I like Imposter. I think I think Danny DeVito's best. I, okay. I just know that we're Danny there's DeVito. a movie I'm gonna push for for next year that he's in that could be my pick. I mean, and honestly, it probably would be Batman Returns, but I don't want to pick that. We could go with Danny easy. DeVito directing films. He's done uh, enough. Well, he's in most of his movies. That's true. You know, I got one. Hmm. Because I, I always like to pick because some of these are pretty famous, but I yeah. want to pick something that not a lot of people have seen. Sure. Um, he's got a pretty big role in it. Heist, ah, with, yes, with him and Gene Hackman, and it's uh, written and directed by David Mamet. Caper film, great dialogue, obviously. David Mamet, yeah, but uh, Danny DeVito plays the heavy, like the <laughs> prime boss. That's a good one. I'm gonna go with something actually just the next year, uh, one that he did direct, but he is in it. Uh, Death to Smoochie, it's a great. I'll never say uh, I can never talk enough about Death of Smoochie. How how significant it is in my uh, upbringing. It's a great movie. Not yeah. a lot of people talk about. Yeah, that's that's a, a great dark gem. comedy. That movie tanked. Oh yeah, but people hate it. I saw it twice in theaters. Are, yeah, you're probably two of the hundred <laughs> tickets. I was like, say for Rob Williams to do dark comedy. I couldn't Weirdly wait. enough, our chorus teacher loved it, and he uh, would lend it out to anyone who'd want to watch it. Isn't that you know, crazy? Funny you're saying that. Which yeah. movie? Death to Smoochie. Oh yeah, perfect film. I got it. I right. it. You know this doesn't I'm work not... when you have backgrounds. I know. I don't know why. I've seen it yet. Yeah, we got. You haven't seen Death to Smoochie? No. Murray didn't lend it to you. Oh, no. He was busy making me watch all of the uh, Indiana Jones movies. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I had to get a bootleg version of this. They won't it. put it out on Blu-ray, damn it. Yeah, Robin Williams plays like a Barney character, but he's so wrong no, 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 behind Robin. the scenes. Robin doesn't. Edward Norton. That's right. Yeah. Okay. That's... So so he's a clown who's sort of overshadowed by the Barney character. <laughs> okay. That's what it is. Gotcha. It's been a little yeah, while. Uh, and the Barney character's name is Smoochie. Yes. So he wants to kill him yeah. instead of Smoochie. Yeah. Edward Norton has to die. I just see uh, Danny DeVito coming in and being like, I got a pitch for you. Death to Smoochie. Well, he does dark comedy. Most All of his movies that he's directed are dark. Or either a dark comedy. He's got an interesting inner... War of the Roses is up there. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah. Matilda's dark. More yeah. than people remember. They were... They, uh, I guess people remember the uh, teacher, right? The, the most yeah. part in Matilda. Yeah. yeah. What are you guys thinking? Duplex was probably the worst Twins. thing. Twins? Yeah. Twins is a great film. Great. They got great chemistry in that. So uh, listen, if I'm being perfectly honest, Hercules. Okay. Hey, that's fine. Yeah, he's uh, one of the best uh, Disney side characters. Renaissance man. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do next year. Yeah. 
That was a good movie. Was That's good. fine. So so we agree we're gonna cover it next year, right? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Hey, Marshall. Love yeah. it. Hell yeah. That's fine because that's what I would have picked if I didn't do Death of Smooshy. So perfect. That's another one where he's the lead. Yep. Very rare. When you were talking about him uh, never really getting a chance, I was like, he gets it back to back years right after Batman Returns. But Renaissance Man did a little bit better. It just sort of faded to the public consciousness. So it's not going to be as significantly buried box office wise. But actually, I'm excited to rewatch that because I like Gregory Hines. That's really why I love that film. Gregory Hines comes in with a really nice supporting performance. And so we get to cover him again in a movie he's not just sad to be there for. Yeah. And the first movie I saw, Mark Wahlberg in. Yep. Oh, yeah. Going back to the animated thing, I didn't. I forgot that he was the Lorax. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's not he speaks about. for the that's trees. Nice. I hate that movie. He's good in perfect, that. Perfect casting. Taylor Swift's cinematic debut. Yeah, thank God. No, she was in Valentine's Day before that. Was she really? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, those are four good picks. We all love Danny, a New Jersey boy. I was born in the same hospital. No. Yeah. Wow. Born in Plainfield, New Jersey. Was born in yeah. 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 So. Oh, you know, you know. So you're born in the same uh, uh, town that uh, you know. See, there's. Uh, what 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 what's his uh Bruce Willis's character from the uh yeah. no 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 don't even bring it up from no that was, that's where his retirement there's, job is he's see, a detective in Plainfield there's uh, a plot there's a plot right there you're born in the same hospital and then you grow up and you're like you have the same traits it's like the Santa Claus <laughs> <laughs> yeah I gotta take over for Danny DeVito when he turns gray right exactly you're gonna be on it's always sunny eating yeah. rum ham yeah that's fine you, it's you, funny. You, you 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 shrink no, in size. Right. That's fine. I'm fine with this. What are we covering next sounding. month? Uh, next month we're uh, covering a genre that we never really uh, took on before, but it's a beloved sequel film oh. of ours. Uh, it's also a straightforward parody film, which has sort of been <laughs> sort of gone the way of the dinosaur. Uh, but we love Hot Shots Part Two. Oh hey. So we want to cover the fact that those kind of films just fell flat by 2000. Mm-hmm. So there's it's just a thing that's not made anymore because people certain filmmakers that did that. It. Yeah. So Freeberg and Seltzer. Yeah, and I know it's a genre that Jeff likes a lot. It, so. It's it's funny because when I was a kid, no. uh, before seeing uh, Hot Shots uh, Part Two, uh, it was it was described to me as a real life cartoon. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But we're going to be able to talk about other things like Airplane and uh, Young Frank. All those Zucker Brothers movies. All the, all the parody it's be films. Great. You know? It's not just going to be about Hot Shots Part 2, but it is because it's the best. So He's going. I'm very excited to talk about this. Revisit it. I haven't seen it in about a decade. So. Still holds yes. up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Cool. That's yeah. fine. We'll see you next month. Yeah.